hate this little pop up. Does anybody else get that like this meeting is being recorded thing that shows yes, up? I hate it too. Uh, like yes, we heard it, and now I need the pop. Well, I guess it's 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 for the hearing impaired. So it's all good. Welcome to a special episode of Inspirations Beyond Disabilities, the academic edition, as I've been calling it in my head forever. I'm Jay. I'm your host today, but I am not alone. I am joined by an studious group of students who are all suffering through the fall term together. Uh, first off, I am joined by my good friend and repeat guest uh, here on the podcast, Marie Zach Noon. How are you today? I am great. How are you? I'm excited to have this discussion. I think it's fitting. Midterms just ended, so I'm ready. Yes, and we are all still here miraculously. And <laughs> I'm also joined by a repeat uh, co-host. This is, I think this is your second or third time on. I'm not sure. Jasmine Matthews, how are you, ma'am? I'm doing good. I'm just trying to get through with school, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun. Uh, thinking about going into school and you know the dream is always great and then you get midway through and you're like no one told me it was this much work but it's totally fine we are getting through so I want to start off um, by asking if you guys wouldn't mind sharing um, how far in are you um, what type of like are you an undergraduate graduate and um, what are your goals like when you graduate like what do you want to do once you're finished I want to start with you Jess. So I'm undergraduate right now. I'm in a community college. And okay. so I'm starting my second year. And when I graduate, um, I'm planning on continuing. I actually recently just looked at another school that I'm thinking about applying to. So um, yeah, I'm continuing. And my major right now is creative writing. Okay. So this is more like your, so this is your second year. I believe communities are like two year schools, right? So you're graduating in May. Yes. Awesome. 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 How about you, Marie? So I'm a senior in undergrad. I'm a psych major and sociology minor. So I'm graduating in May. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. um, I am thinking about just starting to look for jobs in the disability field right out of college because mm. um, I've been hearing about some good opportunities, so I might do that. And then if um, that doesn't work, I do have ideas of like master's programs that I am interested in, um, in the disability field, just because that is like what I'm passionate about. So okay. I, I know whatever I do, it will be in the disability field. So specifically, um, what particular master's, if you're interested, like you, you mentioned you wanted to go in, have you like honed on a specific master program yeah. yet? So at one point I said I wanted to do vision rehab therapy. And the more I think about it, I think I want to go broader. So mm. maybe something in like policy, that way um, I can work in an organization where we are making change um, for multiple disabilities. Okay. So that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Okay. And for those of you that don't know, I am also, um, I'm in my master's degree program right now. I am studying clinical mental health counseling with a specialty in trauma and crisis intervention. My program is two years and nine months long, even though it's been longer for me because of delays. Uh, I am currently in the home stretch now. So like them, I am also a potential May graduate. Um, so I will, I am currently in my uh, practicum phase of my program. My internship phase starts in two weeks and hopefully I will be walking down that aisle. And I'm also like Marie looking to be a glutton of punishment to uh, go to an advanced degree. So I'm looking at a PhD after this, but it will all depend on student loans because I don't want any more of those. Um, so my question for you all have been, uh, is actually what's it been like, um, in your academic journey so far. So Marie, you're a senior, Jazz, you're, you're a sophomore. What's it been like for you being visually impaired in school? Like both in, in undergraduate where you are now, and let's even take it a step back, high school. Um, so what's it been like for you, let's say in those two schools? Uh, Marie, I'm gonna start with you. Um, the best way I would describe it is a journey. I think it's a journey. I think uh, it's, oh, like, it makes you grow as a person because even in high school and I, you go, you get used to advocating, but from high school on, I say, I would say it's like 
you need to learn to advocate. And that's the biggest thing for me. And it was hard in high school. So it's like, well, these teachers aren't doing this and this and that. How do I stand up to someone who is older than me, you know, mm. more authority over me? Um, and so, yeah, it definitely made me advocate more. Um, I think, um, I mean, now in college, it's way easier to advocate, you know, yeah. by law, you know, that they have to provide certain accommodations. And if not, um, you know, you can tell them by law, you know, you're protected by the law. But um, I would also say that troubleshooting, you know, it teaches you to troubleshoot yeah. uh, because and not everything is accessible. The world wasn't built for people who are blind. And that's especially true in school. You know, yeah. they mm-hmm. build the curriculum that way it accommodates the majority, which is not blind people. Um, but I would say for me, the biggest thing is advocacy and troubleshooting. And I think for me, there was a lot of stress and there continues to be a lot of stress because of that. And I should be better at, you know, I should be used to this by now, but it still stresses me out when I am. And I don't want to say like being punished Mm. for not, but it almost feels like a pun, like, okay, because this isn't accessible, you have to like deal with the consequences, yeah, even if yeah. it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And that was always frustrating because like I like to do well in school, and when something prevents me from doing that out of my control, it bothers me, and I need to learn to like let that go. And I'm still working on that. No, it's I, I totally get you because like my school, my school's online, but like <laughs> when you have to do things that are like in person, the the feeling of like you're being punished because you're different. It's, yeah. it's hard to escape it. Like, it's something that you find not only in school, but in the workplace as well, when certain things are just not accessible. Um, it's it's hard, right? It's, it's one thing. I like that you brought up the fact that, like, you know the law and you know your rights in college. There are so many kids that I wish, there are so many times I wish in high school I knew that. Because high schools are also required to do the same thing, right? They're supposed to, by law make sure that things are accessible for you so that you have the same opportunities as other students, but they just don't like, there's, there's something about that. I think that I don't know whether it's just raising awareness to families or where, whether it's raising awareness just directly to the student or to the schools, but like something needs to be done in that regard. Right. Jazz, I'm going to throw it to you. What's your, what's your uh, academic journey been like being visually impaired? So like, like you were mentioning in high school, um, I did have a one-on-one aide and she mainly helped me like read what was on the board mm-hmm. and then like any papers, um, cause I couldn't read any papers. Um, but other than that, I was, um, independent and everything. And one of my goals was to be an advocator for all the needs and stuff that I needed. And I, I would say I handled that really well. I was able to graduate and everything. And then um, even now in college, I still advocate whenever like I enroll in to my classes. The first thing I do is find my instructor's emails and then email them like a, a little greeting saying that, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so, um, that I need these accommodations. But it's like brief. And then right. more towards the beginning of the semester, that's when I'll give them like a more thorough detailed email saying like, these are all the different types of accommodations if they apply. Mm. And so um, unfortunately right now I am dealing with a te- an instructor that is um, accommodating me but not accommodating me properly. Mm. And so I'm slowly trying to deal with that. At that point, it's, it's stressful. Yeah, I get that. Like there's, there's, there are the teachers and I don't know uh, how many you guys have had, or, you know, jazz, if you've had more than one or if if you have one at all, but like, there's always been in my journey, that one teacher who feels like they don't have to accommodate or they should not get second time. Oh, this is your second time. Yeah. The first one, the first one, um, this was like so unfortunate. Um, It was when I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. I had a teacher who um, was just like um, unresponsive, like uncommunicative. She didn't help me at all. And she knew that I was blind. I mean, I had my cane. Mm -hmm. And back then I had a CCTV to do all my assignments. 
Um, but she didn't give me like extra time. And eventually my grades started slipping and my mm. mom had to like intervene with that and pull me out of the class. So yeah, it was bad. Yeah. There's uh, always that one. I feel like there's always, and yeah, since grade school, it's sad. Like I still remember the ones that either made you feel bad for it. Like, mm, I guess I'll. Yeah. She, she did make me feel bad too. Yeah. That that was the, the problem. Mm-hmm. Or just like, well, I will always remember this one teacher was like, I was in third grade and she, I was like, well, I can't see this. And she said, too bad. I was Ooh. like, Oh, Ooh, I, like- I wish. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. That, so yeah. That- um, yeah, this is my second time and I'm trying to like, right now I'm trying to get like a meeting with, um, with me, my tutor that um, like just helps me uh, like verbally write down the answers and stuff like to any tests. Cause it, I think that was like just the plan, um, the online uh, school plan as far as like taking tests. Mm-hmm. And then um, the teacher and then like the head of the math department cause it is a math, a math class. And I'm doing fine in that class. Like, I'm getting, like, A's and stuff, A's and B's. But, like, he's he's just being an ass. He's not accommodating. It's funny because that, that uh, it's always – I had a math teacher that did the same thing. And basically, like, when, when I had, like, untimed testing, they would make me, like, take a desk. Because we had – like, I don't know if you guys ever seen, like, the desk – well – I, they're not the desk with like the chair attached to it. It's like an actual like physical desk with like the front you had to lift up. So like the seat was one spot and like the desk was another spot. And I used to have to take my desk and like push it out of the classroom and sit in the hallway to do my tests until like everything was done because they felt like if everybody would look over my paper and try to like read the large print. So like every single test day, like I would have to move a desk out of the classroom. And it was just like, bro, you could just like let me move off to the side why do i have to leave the classroom but he was trying to make an example of because he really didn't like having to make accommodations he felt like it was too much for him to do like it was beyond the scope of his job and a lot of times you get teachers who kind of feel that way like making accommodations for us is like a bit like of uh an inconvenience for them or like more than what they feel like they had to do it, they feel like it's an inconvenience and then they feel like you know we're asking too much of them to do and then um and then it's kind of like in their heads they're kind of thinking like okay why do you need all of the special treatment and yep. everybody else is doing the same thing doing and they like call it special treatment but it's not it literally levels out the playing field like that's how i see it because my biggest pet peeve and this never happens anymore but i feel like in grade school middle school that's not fair to the other kids oh really what's not fair to the other so kids let's blind the other kids and that's <laughs> fair right like uh, not fair to them like, i mean there is two ways to level the playing field if we right, get blindfold exactly. everybody then we're all working on an even playing field good. yeah um but i want to talk about what you were saying jay about putting a student in the hallway like that's yeah. happened a couple times and I feel like as a kid, like you feel so just like, cause as kids, I feel like you want to blend in. You want to like, you want to like fit in yeah. and like that to a kid literally singles them out. Like yeah. that is the definition mm-hmm. of singling out a kid and making them feel like they're different in a weird way. So stay- has- go ahead. Go ahead, oh, go ahead. No, oh. go ahead. So that has happened to me like a couple times, but it wasn't necessarily like the teachers didn't want to accommodate me where I had to sit outside and do the test. It was mm-hmm. more like we couldn't find a room because sometimes we'll go like into the library if it's like any concern with um, having to read out the problems. Mm-hmm. But um, other than those two times or those two instances, I'm in the class with everybody else Um I read Braille, so all of my stuff is in Braille. Mm. So, um, yeah, there is no way anybody can cheat off of me. Dot, 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 dot. I don't understand what that means. How did you guys take your SATs? Like, did you guys have to, like, get separated to take your SATs? Because I know for me, like, they took me, um, like, completely out of, like, where the testing site was, and I had to go somewhere else to do it. Yeah, it was was a classroom that I went into, and... um, 
I was there like all day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I do get like time and a half. I think it was when I was in high school. Um, and so, you know, you're going through like each section, but it was, it was painful. Mm. SATs are painful. Yeah. Yeah. You, Marie? The same thing. Yeah. I was um, taken somewhere else and it took forever. It was awful. <laughs> Fond memories. Fond mm. memories. So, are you prepared for the GR? Do you have to take the GRE to get into your uh, your next program? Depending on what I want to do for my master's, um, because right now I'm thinking about just starting to apply because there are some jobs I'm looking at that mm-hmm. only require an undergrad. So mm-hmm. I start working and then go do my master's in a couple years. Yeah. Yep. So, so one piece of advice I can say. Um, Take a break before you go, um, because master's master's level work is like if you think the reading is ridiculous now in undergrad, master's level reading is like, how do you read this all like in one week? Like I can get you can get about two to three hundred pages of reading per class per week. So if you're taking like two classes, you're pretty much reading like War and Peace every single week. And then you find out later on that everybody doesn't read every single thing like you just I didn't know that at the beginning, but like they heavily encouraged you to read like everything. And it's a lot. It is a lot, which is why I want my Ph.D., but like something is just telling me that like burnout is real. And um, come graduation, I'm going to want to take a break. So I, I might do that. I might do that. So, do um, that was and- sort of like me with, because, um, so I had to switch over to reading Braille mm-hmm. in books. And so um, when they were first teaching me Braille, they teach you like, um, they skip like every other line. So there's like a solid blank line in the middle of the text. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to read. And so when I switched over to books, everything was like line after line after line, and mm-hmm. it would just looked like a bunch of braille. And um, and then I would get headaches because I'm trying to read everything and I'm trying to read like where the answers are. And then um, I started getting headaches and everything. And so I had to just like learn that I don't have to read all of this. I just I have to like skim by titles and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. uh Dimer. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say sometimes it's just um, find the important stuff, know the important stuff, know the key, the key things, and then kind of like the filler. Because sometimes like I know, for example, um, in in say like um, what class was that? Uh, Theories. When I took theories for like therapy, right? They would tell you like not only like who started the theory, but they would give you like the history, the background and then how it works. And all my teacher really cared about was like how it works. So I'd be like, you know what? There's like 45 pages of history here. If she doesn't care that I can come back and just read this at my own like leisure. But right now to get this assignment, that's doing an hour done. Like, let me just go ahead and read the important stuff and then come back. And I've had to learn how to do that at times because like, even though I'm screen reading, like I use a screen reader or text to speech, like your brain after a while just goes, I don't, I can't take any more information. Yes. Yes. So it's just like, sometimes you just have to go into the, the, uh, the important stuff and kind of leave everything else alone. Yeah. Like I'm a braille reader as well, but when I'm reading, especially if it's like a long chapter or text, mm. uh-uh, I'm using text to speech. Like I'm not about to sit here oh, yeah. and read with my fingers for that long. Like that's not realistic, especially if you have assignments due and it's, that's just a lot. Yeah. You got to what's most proficient and that's, you know, listening yeah so like for me it depends on what i'm reading because i do like reading books in braille but it depends on what it is because i feel like um i feel like if i'm reading stuff with text-to-speech too much then i'm missing like important information that i need and then i keep having to go back go back go back um and like try to listen to the information again and sometimes it's just a lot and overwhelming so do you have a specific, either of you have a specific like technology hack that you use to kind of get through school? Oh, yeah. My favorite is the Braille Note Touch. Um, I, what I love about it is it has Braille, but it also has a screen reader built in. So like Ooh. if I want to listen, I can listen. I I'm read. trying to get one of that too. Like um, I think uh, like next week I'm going to get one. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Jaws 
I use every once in a while. It's not my favorite. I kind of feel I want to get like better at it, but my main source is the Brandlote Touch. But like I, I'm I have practice with Jaws, and I have a computer with Jaws on it. It's mm. just not great. Jaws so for, is a um, thing to learn. What'd you say, Jay? Jaws is a is a thing to learn. Like right now, I'm getting lessons. Like I bought um. I bought a computer from Computers for the Blind like in mm-hmm. January just for the sake of like getting my hands on Jaws for the first time. And I'm like, I love it because I my only alternative was uh, Microsoft Narrator and I can't stand that. Um, if you listen to it for about five seconds, you'll be ready to throw anything at your screen to get it to stop talking. Um, <laughs> That's how I like, feel about Jaws. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So, so I like using Jaws, but like it's the voice. It's okay. so robotic and I just Did hate you it. change it? Because you know you no. can change the you can change the voice. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, I know exactly what you mean. Well, all right. So when I first started using Jaws, the voice was like, okay, so I knew about Jaws for like years because when I was in like middle school and like late elementary school, I went to a school for the blind and visually impaired. And Jaws was Jaws was around back then. I, I had a friend who used it and it was literally the same voice. Like this voice came, this same voice has been with Jaws since like 1995. And I'm like, and it hasn't changed, but they've made. So the thing that they did was, and I did not know because I was going to give up on Jaws just off the sheer, like, I can't stand this voice. And then I found like, Hey, Jaws has expressive voices. I'm like, it does. And then I found one expressive voices. Oh goodness. I can't do it. Cause if I unplug it, it'll unplug my microphone. But like I have Jaws on this laptop right now. Um, this is my computers for the blind laptop that I'm using and the expressive voice it sounds so much better to listen to so much better. And it just makes it easier to use. Okay. So I was at um, uh, the California school for the blind once Mm -hmm. for like a summer program. And it was like a, a Google experience thing. And um, try being in a room with like, 15 people all oh, no, using no, jaws no, and no. all using the same no, exact no. monotone oh, voice my, yeah no no it no, was torture. no no because all you can hear is anti-virus like no 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 mm-mm. especially so when it's and it's like it's like ah, 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 yes yes <laughs> yes so that's when i get up and i kindly go into my teaching mode do you all know that jaws has different voices and that you don't have to listen to this terrible one all the time because the, that's the why I love voiceover. But voiceover, uh, mm. I think I'm just used to voiceover. Like you know when you've listened to something for so many years. Yeah. Like I actually had voiceover probably since I was like. That's 12. the thing too. I don't use over the regular voice. Years. I it's been over ten years. It just sounds like natural to me. It sounds like anyone's voice. <laughs> they improved voiceover's voice because I remember when it first started, it was not the best. Like a lot of these voices when they first started in like the the like early 2010s, they were awful, but then yeah. they slowly got better over time. It's just a matter of so Jaws is, has done a good job of like updating his voice, unlike Microsoft, which is like, I don't see what's wrong with the standard voice. Um, <laughs> but like they've done a better job of making voices easier to listen to. Um, because they know people are listening to these things all day. So from what I was told, because I got a, I got a person that I'm working with now um, who deals with like their job is accessible technology. They rank it as JAWS, then voiceover, then there's, what's the, uh, I can, there's a one. NVDA? Before, there's one between voiceover and NVD. I can't remember the name of it. And they were like, there's like seven of them. There was like, if there's like a 50th place, then there's narrator down there. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Fair, fair, but like I, I, I'm trying to learn Jaws better now because Jaws seems like that thing that like had I known about it, it could have probably saved so many days of like eye fatigue. But like that's screen readers are a huge thing for me in in school, especially when reading because like yep. when I was going into my master's program, that's all they would tell me is like you're reading, you're reading, you're reading all the time. I'm like I can't do that, like I can't keep up with that. Oh yeah. And then fortunately, like my school because it's online our books are like EPUB. So they're like uh, digital books. So like it has a built-in text-to-speech reader into the book. And I was like, oh, that is great. And then the books that they don't have that, are, uh, that aren't digital, you can buy off Amazon and Kindle. Um, I think it was like six months before I started my master's program. 
actually started making their books like text-to-speech friendly. And I was like, that's better. And now I've found that if you have a book on Kindle, if you have a fire stick, the fire stick, all you have to do is just tell uh, Alexa through your oh, fire yeah, stick. Oh, yeah, I saw, the book I saw you um, posted a video. I was video. so yeah. happy because I have so many Kindle books I had to stop reading because like, I, like my eyes had adjusted and I could not like sit there and read all day anymore. But like now that Alexa will read it to you. Oh, yes, 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 yes. But um, yeah, that's that's my typical. Um, that's my usual hack. Like if you're going to start school, like, please either get a Braille display or get a screen reader because it will. Or both. Stay. Or both. <laughs> or both. So like for me, um, like all of my English assignments. Yeah, it's, it's also a lot of reading, too. Um, or not too much, but it's it's still a lot of reading. But I get all of my um, documents like in a in a Word doc, so I can just have voiceover like read it quickly, and um, and so like I'm not trying to hassle with um, where do I need to get the book and everything. Like they'll cover that for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Word docs because like I have no usable vision. I know blindness is a spectrum. Everyone's right. different, right. but um. I have to use, like, I can't see. So, like, PDFs don't work with screen readers, don't work with Braille. So, Word docs are, like, what they need to do. So, here's, Actually, I found, here's I found a, a thing where that. you can um, convert you can it. read PDFs, though. You don't, you don't need to convert it. There's an even better hack. I Ooh, promise you. Please share. What's open Microsoft hack? Word. Uh-huh. Open the PDF. Word will convert it for you. Okay. Unless it's a, the only way that it won't do it is if your PDF was nothing but a picture to begin with. That's what, yeah. Yeah. So those, yeah, so, those don't do it, but like. So other, I did like, some research about that and I found out that PDFs, um, the only type of PDFs that work are called like um, OCR PDFs. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then. Um, I also explained to like my instructors, like if you have a PDF and you have it in Word, um, like at least have it typed first in a Word document and then um, converted to a PDF. Because if it's um, like a scanned image of the yeah. paper, it's not going to work. Yeah, we, we've I've been trying to explain that to, to teachers for so long. Like, please don't just put a picture on a on a PDF that, document. That because yeah. it will just say image or it will skip it completely and then yeah. you're like i don't know what that thing said but yeah that's that's speaking of that um speaking of challenges i want to know for you what is your personal biggest challenge in your academic journey so far jazz i'm gonna start with you um not having my accommodation goals met hmm. that's the biggest one okay. marie um, I would say inaccessibility, and that goes for websites, um, maybe, um, like, technology they're using in class, or mm -hmm. we're going to database, so yeah. Okay, okay, so what's the, what's the biggest, um, Jazz, what's the biggest challenge that you have, like, what's the biggest accommodation, better yet, have you ever had an accommodation turned down, just flat um, denied? Yes. Which yes. one? Um, so I actually recently, I had, um, to ask my instructor if I can have, or if I can take the quiz in the class and then, um, you know, he wants like all the steps and stuff. Cause this is the same math class. And I, I had, um, my bro typewriter, I typed the problem down cause he read it in class. I'm participating in everything. And I, um, I texted him in the in the chats. Um, Do you want me to put this all in a Word document and send it to you? He says no. You're gonna have to wait until the next day for the tutor to uh, to help you with the test or with the quiz. And it's only one question, and I got it right. So if he just like flat out um, turned that down. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Maria, Plus, um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wanted to add, um, like uh, Marie was saying about the inaccessibilities in for websites, because I also remembered that too. Um, I've worked in 
well, two different classes. I've worked with two different um, websites that say they have accessibility settings. And one of them actually sent me a link for all the different types of accessibility features that they had. But when I went on the website to try to adjust those features, it was more like for people who had more vision than I do, which yeah. I can't see screens at all. Yeah. Like co like contrast and stuff. And um, there was like specific activities on that website that I had to do for credit in the class and I couldn't do it because it didn't work with screen readers. Yeah. There are some websites that will claim um, accessibility. Why can't I talk today? Accessibility. And the, the thing about some of those websites is the accessibility that they're talking about is not for us, like at all. And I mean, like with any, like whether you go from like usable vision, non-usable vision, the accessibility is not for us because they built their site to have like so many. Have you seen the sites that have like Pictures so many ads stuff. on it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's like no narration and captions. There's like no like no nothing in the picture relies so much on like the site relies so much on that also um i think what didn't work with my screen reader was there's something called like live um like live photo um what is it it's it's like a live photo activity or whatever it's mm -hmm. like a, a an image and stuff yeah and um I literally, like when I tried to do um, like this little assignment, there was literally a message that came up that says um, screen readers aren't supported for whatever this was. Yeah. And there are a lot of, I think the ACB is like really trying to work on making sure that those things are more accessible than they've been. Um, Marie, what, what's the challenges that you faced on the website? Um, on the website, so I would say, so black, I hate blackboard. I hate mm. it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm so glad I'm not using blackboard. Go ahead. Cause uh, I use blackboard. Go ahead. Do you use, do you use huh? like a zoom text or do you use a screen reader with screen it? Screen reader. Screen reader. It's a not, nightmare. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I use it. It's so bad. Um, literally it jumps from thing to thing. Like if yeah. I'm trying, like, even if I press like the shortcut keys on JAWS, like links trying to get to a class. Yes. It's yes. like, yes. not reading on the page and I have no usable vision. So I can't look and be like, okay, I'm going to move the mouse here for like, if it's not reading. So I just can't use it period. So with blackboard, I've experienced basically that you have to hit the down arrow once you like, so for us, yeah. we, we've hit the, um, like I'll hit the link that I want and then uh -huh. I'll have to keep hitting the down arrow to get it to actually, cause like you'll hit tab and it'll like, um, it'll jump from like the header to like the next available link. If you hit up, you go all the way back up through like the actual text. And then you just have to hit down to like read it. So it's yeah, weird, it but it's, and it's annoying. Then like getting you to the classes, not even like reading a document, like getting to your course mm. and getting to the documents you need. And everyone sets up their blackboard page different. Yes. Yes. So, it's a nightmare. Yes. I'm so glad I'm not using that. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. That is not something you, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I'm using Canvas. That's oh. what my stuff is on. I've never used Canvas before. It's so much easier, honestly. So I I have no um issues with Canvas at all. I wonder, because my school's changing over some things. I wonder, probably not. Probably not. All right. So let me ask this question. Marie, I'm gonna go to you first and then Jazz. I'm gonna throw it to you. You were put in charge of your school's accessibility department. You get total autonomy in doing whatever you want to do to make things better. What would you like to see done? Get rid of Blackboard. Please. <laughs> one. Number two, include ability when you're talking about um, minority groups, when you're talking about diversity, because we're the most diverse mm. people. That's number two, which my school has gotten better at. After we started um, a club on campus spreading awareness about disabilities, we've gotten better. But still, they need to be better with that. They need to make their freaking buildings more accessible for like wheelchair users. Yes. And um, I think there needs to be Braille on more things um, like pop machines and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is like the online databases. That's the biggest 
struggle for me. So just making sure that even our library base, our whole library base for screen reader users, nightmare. You can't like get articles, like research articles through the library base. It's so difficult because most of them are HTML. Like most of them are the PDF pictures that you can't see. So you have to literally like go at the abstract or not even the abstract, like read the title, be like, okay, this is good or this is not and make disability services convert it for you. So you can even check if this is a good enough article. Ooh, that's a good point. So you have to have disability services convert your stuff too. Yes. How long is, does your school have like a quick turnaround or is it like a slow one? Yeah, we have a really good coordinator, so it's good. Um, okay. I haven't research class where we've had to use the library database in a long time, knock on wood, which is good. So I've just used more accessible like websites and that's been okay. But okay. Yeah. Jazz, you're given the same power. What do you do? So um, I would also add like more um, accessibilities for websites because um, that's really important. I've noticed that a lot of classes are using like a third uh, party website to um, like for grading and stuff for extra practice and everything. So having more accommodations for that. I would also say, um, like any pictures, if it's like on websites or like if it's on apps sp specifically, like school apps, learning apps, um, for images to have alt text. And then, um, and then um, this is kind of like not necessarily for, um, like a specific class or anything but like if there's an app that easily converts pdfs into like an ocr pdf or like a easy word file that doesn't have like missing text or anything because all of the ones that i tried to use were crap mm. they didn't work so for me i'm changing everything format wise everything now goes digital everything now automatically has to have because there, it, my school has shown that if you want to make it accessible and i'm talking about textbooks are now digital completely we're getting rid of the, the paperback option um we're going to go digital so that it is friendly for those with sight issues it's friendly for those with hearing issues like if you can't read text to speech um it's also going to be cheaper uh for students because every tuition is is, is bad enough as is prices of books should not be adding on to that um, what I would love to see happen is for PDFs, Jazz, I agree with you with PDFs, OCR only, if you send out a, yes. a picture PDF, it is automatically rejected because most materials have to be reviewed at most places. Um, I agree with you, Marie. I want the, I want buildings to be more accessible for, uh, those who are in wheelchairs, for those who have, uh, canes who have to like use, but like not our type of cane, but like the other type of cane, mm -hmm. um, so that you don't have to like navigate steps. Like I'm making it so that that's not a special accommodation. I'm making it so that that's the norm throughout school, because yes. I think if you make it more normal, you would probably increase your enrollment rate because I think a lot of the times some people refuse to like go into school because they're afraid that their specific accommodation won't be met. So if you have a school that shows more willingly and more openly, like, Hey, this isn't a special accommodation. This is our norm. So this option is automatically available for you so that you don't have to track down because not every school's disability services is the best. I could say yeah. my undergraduate schools was not, um, I didn't know they existed until senior year. And by then it was just way too late. Um, but like, if you, if you have it so that like people don't have to track down disability services or always have to stay on top of disability services, you might have more students who are blind or visually impaired or if any impairment want to actually enroll in school. Yeah. So if you had to give a piece of advice to someone who's considering going to school, like before you start, before you fill out financial aid or enroll. Jazz, what is the one piece of advice that you would give? Contact um, the disability office, the accommodation resource center, if you have one, um, your instructors early, because it's going to save you um, a lot of time trying to get all of these um, accommodation goals met. 
And um, if you have to sit down with your team and tell them exactly what you need and how they can work for you the best mm. way that they can. I like that. Marie? Um, stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself the whole time, always in life. But that's, that doesn't, you know, go away in school. That's especially true. Never stop advocating. Advocate, stand up for yourself. Um, cause you're your best advocate at the end of the day. And in some places you're your only advocate at the end yep. of the day. So, and sometimes nobody's going to advocate for you Yeah. or well, yeah. not sometimes many times. Yeah. And that's the, the one thing I would probably tell people is, is that there's no, there, there may be some blowback as far as like people wanting to resist, but go all in on advocacy mainly because if they will stop wherever you feel too afraid to go. So like they will stop doing for you the second they feel like you're too afraid to ask for something. The second that you feel like this is too much or the second though, you know, it's reasonable and someone gives you some small pushback, they will stop because it's easy to stop. It's easy to, to have you swept under the rug until you mention your rights, until you mention the fact that you'll get the media involved because no one wants that kind of PR that, you know, your disability wasn't accommodated because, you know, the school chose not to do it. Right. So always advocate for yourself. I, I agree with that. I agree with that one a lot. Um, what would you, what would you like to see? Um, hmm. I'm trying to figure out how, like how to phrase this because my thought, my thought for this question is pretty much um what do you think outside of like academic institutions, like as like change, like social change, do you think could possibly be put in place to like, I guess, level the playing field for not just like college students, but like high school students or middle school students or, or even elementary school students, because they're starting out in their journey and they're learning about all of this. This is just kind of a throw up question. Let's give you a second to think about it. Like, what do you think in terms of social change would you like to see happen for students um who want to actually go into school so um oh go ahead uh i just think like having a more accessible world period like just thinking about accessibility in everything we do um in laws in um people building structures in everything in every point of life just thinking about accessibility and keeping that in mind I think we'll go a long way and just considering the whole when we think about not just education, but everything in between. Mm, I like that. I like that. Jess? So I would say, you know, like you mentioned, um, people in elementary, kids in elementary who are starting off, um, to have like um, services like mobility, O&M training, and then um, even Braille, because I know some people who haven't learned braille and regret it um especially because their vision is declining yeah that's me so um learning braille and then like any any other like little services that would work because i also hear from like other friends they say that um like their vis are kind of um strict as far as what would work for them even though you know they're not the ones who are losing their vision they're not the ones who are going through the struggles and everything so i would just have like more ex uh, flexibility with whatever you need to help you so did you guys get O&M in school yes i did marie did you get O&M in uh, elementary school O&M um well i fought it and i'm really freaking stubborn yeah. So I did, but then I was like, I don't need this because I had a lot of vision, but I did need it because I didn't yeah. have perfect vision, but I was really stubborn. So it was like on and off. <laughs> so you did the thing I did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I remember they, uh, they, I used to have way better vision than I had now. And it was just like, I felt awkward using a cane yeah. and still being able to look at everybody like, Hey, uh, do I put my head down? Do I, I kind of felt face? awkward, even though I couldn't really see people that much, mm. um, like the first time. But then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm actually gonna take this seriously because 
um, at that point, my eyesight was decreasing already. Mm-hmm. And when I went into, um, like, I don't know if it was kindergarten or first grade, like immediately I started using CCTVs, magnifiers, um, binoculars um, when, when I went on my own, I'm trainings and stuff like that. So I already started doing a bunch of stuff. So um, by the time when I had to learn a cane, I did feel, I did feel awkward about it, but I was like, I, I got it mm-hmm. because it's not going to improve. So what was it like the first time you used your cane in school? Um, mine was when I was in fourth grade was when I started learning it. Okay. So you started learning it in fourth grade. Did you start like utilize? Okay, so I know for, like for me with OM, I started my crank because I started at uh, my blind and visually impaired school and the fourth grade as well. And that's when they started being OM training, but I never utilized my cane like once O&M training was over with that cane went away I put I didn't <laughs> want to see it um but did you start utilizing yours in school like once you started your O&M training um yeah so okay. actually I think I think it was third grade now that I'm really thinking about it when mm-hmm. I started um because I had O&M training um prior to using the cane and it was just for um, like seeing street lights or like seeing um, street signs or like addresses. If I'm trying to go to my house or or a friend's house or whatever, and so they were teaching me how to do that. And then the cane was just added by third grade, and I would learn how to use um, the cane. And they taught me the different cane techniques and everything. Okay, Marie. Now, I know you started doing them. When did you actually have to, like, utilize the cane in school? Or did yeah. you have to utilize it in school? I did. I did. So, basically, um, it was on and off. And then it was more on. Like, I actually had to, like, they forced me to, like, do O&M in, like, mm-hmm. probably fourth or fifth grade. But just like you, as soon as it was over, I, like, folded it and never used it. I'm like, screw mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, in sixth grade, I went to a bigger school. And I think my TVI knew that it was closer to like when I would lose vision because like mm-hmm. my sight loss, you know, was when I was 14, 15, you know, around early, early teen years. So they're like, okay, you got to use a cane. But I, I was like, mm, okay, whatever. Like you can't make me. So I would like, like, but they were like so strict. They'd be like, they would tell teachers, like if you, cause I went to a regular like public school. They're like, if you see her like not using your, her cane, like tell me, like she was so serious about it. Oh, but wow. I would like play limbo with <laughs> Like me and my friends would like hold it and play limbo. (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing this shit. Like, no, you can't make, like I got in trouble so many times, but, um, I think then in eighth grade, I just, it's like, no, I do need it. And I think it was because I, I was like losing a lot of vision and I was like, you know what? Like I might, I need this. I just kind of gave up on like arguing. So eighth grade completely, like I always used it, you know, and high school, obviously, like I was like, there's no way. I can even like, I just felt unsafe at that point. And I think the reason we pushed back, I mean, I know it's for me. I don't know about you, Jay. Is like, we didn't need it at that point of our life. But then when you do need it, that's when you're like, okay, like I'm accepting of it because I physically need it for my safety. So I didn't accept mine in school at all. Like I, I, I completely went and it, it, I have so many like bad stories because I refused to accept it in, in high school or in college. Like I didn't take mine on full time until I was like an adult. Like I was, what almost no I think I was actually over 30 when I finally accepted it because it was just like it was one of those things like in high school for me Mm -hmm. the type of high school I went to was like a neighborhood school it was a little on the rough side um it was way on the rough side when I got there and then it got better um so I was like no this stick is going to make me a target (laughs) no and it wasn't like a school for the like I went to a blind and visually impaired school from like fourth grade to eighth grade. So if I had to implement it, it should have been then because everyone would have understood it. And most of my classmates had one. So it would just been like, okay, well, it's just a thing. But like, I went to a regular like public high school where like nobody's used to seeing this. Nobody's like, I'm like, nope, I ain't about to make me a target out of here. Mm -mm." (laughs) So like if I walked into somebody, it was, I'd I'd always look around like, yeah, I did that on purpose. Like you shouldn't, um, um, you should not, you shouldn't have been standing there. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, like it was, it was always so like 
it was so much like fear with it. And then in college, it was, um, I didn't take it on in college because like my college that I first went to, because like I went to uh, Temple University for like a year here and then I left there and went somewhere else. And it's just like, I didn't want to be seen as the guy who needed help because in high school, like I had like what we called an itinerant teacher. And I swear, like every time I seen her, I ran from her yeah. because I did not want anybody to know. Like yeah. I was senior class vice president. I was like top five graduating in my class. Like I was seen as somewhat normal at that point, yeah. like, even though I was weird and like I walked into things like I was seen as somewhat normal and I would see her and it'd be like seeing the police and You're you like, knew bye. you did something wrong. <laughs> like, hey guys, so, you know, I'm in school and then you just see her like, oh God, and it's just like run. And then like, I would go meet her in the library, like down in the basement. Like I was like snitching. I was about, like, hey, hi. Yeah. Um, no, I don't need anything. I'm good. Um, I'm okay. It's fine. And you're if all fidgeting because see- you know you've done something yes. wrong. Yes. Yes. And you're trying you're to like, make sure that none of what? your friends see you with this random teacher that everyone knows does not work here. Um, so <laughs> it it was it was always so much desire to like be quote unquote normal that yeah. like I think had I adopted my cane when I should have. I would have probably gotten some harassment for it in high school, but I think I would have had way less embarrassing moments in high school because people would have just known. Like, imagine walking into, like, the edge of a locker door and then trying to explain that you're not high. Like, you just walked into a door because you couldn't see it, right? Yeah. 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 I think it was, it's, uh, like, we try, like, this is how I was, at least. It was, like, you try to do anything you can and make any excuse you can mm-hmm. to not use and use the, all the vision you have. Mm-hmm. But then one day it's like, and I don't know if you're what people's vision level is, but at one point in your life, it's like you physically like, can't like, yeah. I'm a where it's like, even if I wanted to not use my cane, like I physically could not yeah. because I mm-hmm. have anything at this point, you know, and yeah. it's so easy to like, to not, cause I did the same thing when I did have usable vision or I'm like, Okay, I, I, I'll run into a couple things, but who cares? I'm just, a, I'm a klutz. Yeah, cares, yeah. You know? But then you get to a point where it's like, no, like, I physically can't. Like, I'm going to die if I take a yeah. few steps without this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I know for me, like, the worst, I don't know how you, how uh, your school's, like, assemblies were, like, how they set those up. But, like, I know for me in, like, high school, like, assemblies were, like, our auditorium was just dark. No matter how many lights they turned on. It was just dark. And it was one of those things where it's just like, I know if I take a step this way, I'm going to step onto the stage. I know if I step this way, I'm going to step into a person. And I'm just going to stand here. Like, I don't care if I'm just standing in the middle of the aisle and the assembly is going on and I don't know where my class is. And I'm, listen, I'm just going to stand here. There was times they were like, we had a balcony mm-hmm. and nobody was supposed to be up there. And I just sat in a balcony because I didn't want, like my teachers knew I had a visual impairment. So like they were, they were fine. And my closest friends, they knew. But, like, the school at large didn't know. And I didn't want people to know. Sometimes getting that special treatment was, like, was uh, uncomfortable. I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also wanted to mention, and this is, like, off topic. I don't know if we were going to talk about it later. Mm. But, like, I also like to focus, because there's a lot of, like, crappy professors and teachers mm. and educators. But I also want to give a shout out to the really good ones. Because yes. we yes. you. Like, yeah. we remember totally. you. um I remember them more than the crappy ones, you know, and they're just, they go above and beyond. And like, I have one this semester, freaking love her. She, um, like I literally, cause I had a rough like start to my semester and it wasn't cause of her class and literally her class was perfect. Like she literally would send me notes, like disability services didn't have to do anything for that class. Like she was on top of it. And I'm like, thank you. know, thank you so much. I just appreciate you. And she's like, well, that's how it should be. Like, you shouldn't even have to like, yeah. Think- like she's just yeah. amazing and um does not give me stress which i appreciate so i have one i have somebody right now that's doing the same thing it's actually my internship supervisor like my site supervisor mm-hmm. this lady is like she is somebody where like you ever you ever go into a place and you're like i'll accept whatever they give me and i'll just try to make it work to the best of my ability so i made the mistake of telling her that and she was like, oh, hell no. That is not how we're going to do that here. She was like, you're, go- 
She was like, you're going to uh, contact HR. She's like, no, 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 you're not. I'm going to contact HR. I want you, I'm going to put in here. She started like copying and pasting the ADA law. I'm like, oh my God. There needs to be more people like that. And she was like, I got, and I'm like, you're putting your, like, I, of course I like, I want to work here when I graduate, but I'm like, you're putting your job on the line. Like, putting this much flack out to HR and the corporate for an intern. Like you're, she's like, I don't care. Like this needs to be put in place because what if you're not the only one? Like what if, what if somebody else wants to come in? Like what if somebody else after that? I'm like, and I just, I just flat out told her the truth. Like I went into my, my TikTok just like rant mode. I'm like, to be honest, they're not expecting more of us to come in here. I am the guinea pig. I am the test subject. I am the case. Yep. She was like, Yo, and, that's all of us. And she was like, all of us you're are the, gu- the guinea pigs. Of- she's like, you're the guinea pig because they refuse to make changes. If if they make the changes, you're not the guinea pig. You're the first. And I'm like, oh. huh. I want to be her so bad. <laughs> Tell her I love her. I don't even know her. Uh, she's that, she That's is, true. And I feel like, like I'm the first for this math teacher because apparently he's just not accommodating. Yeah, well, I mean, I, this it's one of those things where like once you get past them, because the thing about it is in school, especially the 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 higher up you go, like I know in, as a as a freshman, there were things I wasn't comfortable enough saying that as a senior, I had no problem unleashing um, mm-hmm. to, to the yeah. university. Yeah. You you just learn yeah. like you just learn how to build up that confidence and then know exactly what you need. Yeah. Plus you're on your way out. So if they don't like you, if they don't like what you have to say, like too bad, like, look, you can't stop me from graduating at this point. I I was thinking about that. Like a couple days ago, I'm like, okay, my freshman year, I probably had to be fake to people like Mm -hmm. whatever. Like there's this one lady, like at one of the dining halls, she's just so awful. Like I'll literally like, be like she'll hand me something and i've told her several times like i'm and it's a small school she know like they know me literally like at that cafe they know me i'm like i'm blind okay when you do that i can't see and i'm like you know what i'm literally gonna give her attitude like i know that's not good but i don't care at this point like i really don't and if people are gonna be that stupid and piss me off that much like I'm not going to be like the fake sweet, like, oh, I'm sorry. Can you please blow? Because at like a certain point, it gets ridiculous. Yeah. Like, don't just basic stuff. Like, obviously, you don't expect them to understand like the whole thing. But like something as simple as when you put your hand out and don't tell me you are, I can't see you. Mm-hmm. And, like you continuously do that. Okay. We're just we're, we're just having a standoff here because your hand is out and you're like nodding to me to grab yeah. something that I don't know is there. Yeah. Or- that's a, that's the same thing with like, with like somebody thing like with the biggest attitude do you are you are you ready to order like oh i'm sorry you didn't say can i help you like, like that's the same thing that i seen like at school like um it would be like me and my aide we're like walking to one of my classes and then somebody um sees us and and like waves to me and she was like oh somebody waved to you and i'm like they did like they should they should know i have this cane i can't see like you're just waving at air then yeah that's one of those things where it's just like if you know me then you knew that was probably and i know some people do it out of habit because they're used to like oh, yeah. waving the people yeah that and then the, with the especially in cafeteria workers because like sometimes the cafeteria worker is just there and they're annoyed and they just they want to take it out on you because they feel like they you know that you're an easy target or whatever like i've had that like with the nasty attitude and the, you know are you going to order or what are you going to say something or what like how am i supposed to know you're here yeah like you're holding it's i'm not holding up the line for easy targets right but it, the, the 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 higher you go in education especially when you've built a rapport with like teachers and faculty yep. and staff you have that comfort to know that your professors have your back the administration like i got i did something um i got comfortable with the president of the school like wow. they let you set up the appointments with the president of the school i got comfortable with the president of the school and we just had a good old conversation about like some things that were like bothering me so i knew if i had to say something i had the weight of the president's office behind me yeah so sometimes it's just knowing the right people getting in the, the in touch and contact with the right people and making sure that they have your back because like to be honest and this is just like it just is what it is they don't want the nightmare of the pr of the opposite right school refused to accommodate blind or visually impaired students school refused to do this school refused to do that school it's not a good image for them it's not a good pr image for them 
So they, so you almost have, well, you can get some blowback, but you realistically don't have too much to lose when it comes to like putting yourself out there and, and speaking up. Right. Cause it's their fault for not accommodating us. It's the school's responsibility to make sure that they do so because schools in every school handbook I've seen, we do not discriminate against race, color, gender, creed, orientation, disability, blah, 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 blah. Like they have it. It's always in the first three or four pages. It's somewhere in there that they say, we do not discriminate. You're coming to them and saying, prove it. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently they always skip over those three or four first pages. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's unfortunate, but make sure it, it's, I feel like sometimes it's going to be our job to make them do so. Mm-hmm. It's going to be our job to make them. It do is because we, we have to accommodate, always accommodate for ourselves. It never stops. So does anybody have any final thoughts on um, their journey in school? Anything that they want to leave with anyone who's considering going to school, anyone who's considering, um, taking that next step in their education, but they may be a little afraid to. No, I'll just say it again. Advocate for yourself. You're your best. I was literally going to say that too. It's just, you just have to advocate at this point. You have to have connections. Um, You have to stay in connection with people. Um, And you have to physically like set up your own accommodations team accessibility team that will support you and back you up for people who do not want to simply accommodate for you yeah and it's so good and powerful to have those connections like make connections with professors make connections not even even if you don't have a disability that's just good for like networking like uh, it's so nice and i you feel more supported like i feel like i can even go to a professor and be like I'm stressed in this situation. What do you think? I like, I mean, I haven't yet in that, but I feel like I could with like certain professors, like, Oh, this is something I wanted to add. Um, having those connections, like there's this one professor. Okay. So we had like a polar vortex a couple years ago. I will never forget this lady. She's freaking awesome. I go in her classes once a semester and I relate guide dog related topics to um psychology topics like operant conditioning and classical conditioning mm-hmm. but before i even had that connection with her um i had her in a class and she literally emails me and she's like hey the polar vortex like i live in like right by the campus do you want me to come help you take your dog out because it was like bad out mm-hmm. and i'm like what a saint like who does that i mean i said like no thank you but i'm like that is literally so sweet of you like thank you so much like there's good people out there yeah that's fantastic. you just have to find them That's fantastic. The one thing I'll say, the one thing I'll say as a piece of advice is people can make you feel uncomfortable about how competent you are because of your disability. People will make you feel uncomfortable about whether you should pursue a goal or a dream. They will lie to you and tell you that that school is a mountain and it's almost impossible to get over. And I hope, I hope you haven't run across anyone that's told you that, but in the event that you do, or in the event that you did, they lied. They lied horribly. And the proof of it is not just the three of us there, the three of us that are sitting here who are in school, who are all anticipating graduation in May. All three of us are anticipating graduation in May. But other blind creators on TikTok who are also in school, who I also believe, I know Lisi, I believe is also anticipating graduation soon. Um, There are several others who are in school at various levels, some in undergraduate, some in graduate and some and even in postgraduate there's two right now that i know of that are in postgraduate school they're getting their phds so if that isn't proof enough to show you that not only can you take that next step but that you can actually succeed in that next step then i don't know what else to tell you because we are out here doing it we aren't out here thinking about it we aren't out here pondering it we aren't out here hoping we're doing it and not only we're doing it but we're about to get the achievement that we saw So if you're considering taking that next step, if you're wanting to take that next step, do it. Because sitting, the only only thing I feel like is worse than fear is regret. Don't look back on this and say, I wish I would have. Take that opportunity. Jasmine, where can people find you online? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, So on Instagram, I'm happily blind with no eyes in the name. Still love that. 
And then on TikTok, I'm your blind friend 19, your spelled U R. Marie, where can people find you online? On TikTok, um, Marie Zachnoon, uh, Z A K N O U N zero, or just Marie Zachnoon, it'll come up. Um, and I don't have any other social media besides Facebook, but like if I don't know you, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at the Baritone Blurred because I'm also on Twitter, but I barely do anything on there at all. So TikTok and Instagram, the Baritone Blurred. Thank you all for joining us on this special Saturday episode of Inspirations Beyond Disability. We appreciate you being here and we will talk to you in the next episode. Until next time, guys.